Now it's five o'clock. We'll call the meeting to order. Uh, Jamie, if you want to call, ro roll call. Brenny? Here. Bruning? Here. Perry? Yes. Mailer? Here. Marley? And are there any conflicts of interest on any of the items on the agenda? I have none. Yeah. I have none too. We'll move on to consent agenda A through D. The total of the claims was how much? $145,807.73. Okay, so we have a motion, do we? Yes, I'll make a motion to approve. Second. Okay. Any further discussion? Uh, there being none, go ahead and call the vote, Jamie, if you would. Perry? Yes. Mailer? Yes. Brenny? Yes. Bruning? Yes. Uh, we'll move on to item number four, projects uh, under A, Sac City Sanitary Sewer Improvement Project. Uh, number one is consideration of approving drawdown number two in the amount of $208,581.26. Any comments, Jamie, or on, on the project <coughs> at this point? So far, everything's going to schedule. I would have included the monthly report. I will on the next one because I had a, there was a discrepancy on it and I didn't agree to sign it. So um, what that was is there was a resident that had an issue that when they were excavating out <clears throat> part of the street, they piled the dirt up and it went, it encroached quite a ways into the guy's personal property. And he had a complaint about that. So we wanted to have that addressed by the contractors before I signed off on the monthly report. So another night they're on schedule. Um, we're hoping by the September time frame sometime to have the paving started on the, the uh, Audubon Street and, and um, uh, the 11th Street intersections. Um, everything looks to be going good. They did do a quick change order like you brought up on Adding a man, I believe adding a manhole on a couple smaller things um, down in the ravine, um, and it's if you've been, you can walk down there now. It's all cleared out, um, and uh, see what's going on if you ever get bored. Um, but it it, uh, it looks pretty good down there, and um, but they're moving right along and um, uh, right on schedule. So, have there been any surprises? Uh, you know, other than other than it. there's a you know there's some old pipe work water lines and things like that that um, were put in years and years ago that weren't mapped and we've kind of discovered a few areas and um, most of them are dead but there's one or two that's been live and, and that's caused a water leak but uh, um, they're getting better about hitting things so. Um, about not hitting things. About yeah, about <laughs> not hitting things. So that's how I got my landline back Friday. Um, hopefully that clean, that clears up, but uh, in the, and then we'll get that intersection <clears throat> done and, and opened up by October or something. So they, Be the hope. Good. Did they put new uh, lines in that were discovered that weren't there? Or? It's all new. Uh, new sanitary sewer line. Uh, um, water um, 
storm sewer. So everything's new. Yeah, okay. everything's new. Except the gas lines, which there's no reason to okay. steal. So. I would move to approve drawdown number two in the amount of 208,581.26. Curtis. SRF, or what is this drawdown from? Uh, USDA. Yes. Thank you. Oh, the, the, the grant. The grant, yeah. Thank you. Grant loan company. Yeah. Actually, we're drawing from the loan until we use up the loan and we go to the grant. But. Okay, any further discussion on item number one? Jamie, you want to call for the vote? Mailer? Yes. Rennie? Yes. Bruning? Yes. Perry? Yes. Uh, item number two, consideration of approving Holstein's electrics bill in the amount of $9,087.78. Holstein's, um, uh, the only thing they have problems with is the same as everybody else, it's getting getting the parts through the supply chain. Um, and there's, I believe, one panel some type of panel, it's beyond my technology, but uh, it's backward and they don't know when it's going to get here, so it's kind of a waiting game. Uh, so most of their stuff's done until they get some of this stuff through the supply chain. I'll make the motion to approve Holstein Electric's building amount of $9,087.78. I'll second that. We have a motion and a second. Any further discussion? Curtis, is it unusual for it to uh, be dug that deep? The sanitary sewer? Yes. It is unusual. If, no, it's not unusual. Okay. Most of it is that deep in town. All right. Thank you. Any, anything else? Uh, Jamie, you want to call for a vote? Perry? Yes. Mailer? Yes. Brenny? Yes. Bruning? Yes. And item number three, uh, consideration of approving Bainbridge Constructions bill in the amount of $145,532.69. I will move to approve Bainbridge Constructions bill in the amount as read by the Mayor of Hotel. I'll second. Any further discussion? Jamie, go ahead and call the vote. Mailer? Yes. Rennie? Yes. Bruning? Yes. Perry? Yes. Uh, item number four, consideration of approving JEO Consulting Group's bill in the amount of $53,960.79. And this is billing including all the way behind, it's uh, back billing, so it, it would have been the invoices beginning, I believe, in January of 21, all the way up to the current day. <coughs> And we just wait on those so we could, once we got the grant, we could reimburse it instead of doing it the other way. And a portion of that actually will be reimbursed back to the, the sewer plant because we did cover a few of those items. I'll make a motion to approve JEO's bill in the amount of $53,960.79. Second. Any further discussion? JEO, they've been happy with everything as it's been progressing. And, and yeah, yeah, they're really, they're very responsive to any complaints. There's um, somebody there every day. 
from that? Pretty much. They have an uh, inspector out there most of the time. Uh, but if any, like, uh, residents have a complaint or they come here, and I, if they complain to me, I usually just call the engineer because they're supposed to deal directly with the contractors, and um, they've been really responsive about it. I, I know I called Danny last week about the uh, issue with the piling up of the dirt, and he was on the phone with them within 30 minutes. So. Okay. So is it he that's usually here, or is it one of his? No, they have, he's the project court, the manager of the project, okay. and then they have a, a, a engineering inspector that's on site. Okay. And they both usually come to our progress meetings. So. Anything else on item number four? If not, Jamie, you want to call a vote? Gary? Yes. Mailer? Yes. Rennie? Yes. Bruning? Yes. Uh, moving on to item number five, this is the citizen's opportunity to address the council on items not on the agenda. Anyone have any concerns or comments? If not, we'll move on to miscellaneous item number six. Uh, a, consideration of appointing Dr. Dave Striegel, Russ Haas, Alyssa Reinhardt, and David Engel to Parks, Recreation, and Natural Resources Board. And who are the, who are the other members that they will be joining in? The only one who can read the nose, right? Uh, yeah, there's a list in Annette's desk, but I well, it's a terrible roll call. Kathy you. Haas, Kathy, uh, Dylan, Dylan runs. runs, Steve, there Steve he was. Not anymore. Uh, Wait, I don't know if he reads one yet. Uh, Steve, uh, Steve Crabb is going to be a uh, advisor. Uh, yeah. Carla Machinot. Yeah. Uh, Suzanne Johnson still there now? Yeah, she hasn't showed up to any, but... Uh, no, we haven't. A point she... Yeah, she hasn't come to just that one night. She came that one night and we asked her if she was interested. Yeah. She, Is Marge uh, on it? Marge, 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 Marge Sanders. And me. She used to be on the park board. Suzanne did. But yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I was just, unless I didn't want to be on it. Be on it anymore. Yeah. That should be pretty well all that's on there. That's a good point. Yeah, very much so. Really? And then I, I know Dave Striegel is very interested in the trees and all that. And um, um, Dave Engel, when Brett Meyer approached me one night about helping, because they wanted to they would kind of focus on fighting on a way to build a the, build onto the rail trail from like Sack down there. Oh yeah, well we kind of looked into that, haven't we, Curtis? We. Um, from from SAC to Haiti Park is about one and a half million dollars to do. We had a, uh, a U.S. that's not right U.S. Park Service guy that we got a grant to uh, come do design for us, who crapped out in the middle because of COVID, but he was in the middle of designing, of doing the design phase of our trail all the way down to uh, down to Lakeview. But we never we never got to follow through on that because of COVID. Came and he changed jobs. Yeah, and I think JEO did a little bit for us. Yeah, they, yeah. Did they were doing some stuff just south of town. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Uh, Brett Meyer and Steve Crab are out of towners, so they'll be advisory members, not mm -hmm. 
voting board members. I would make a motion to appoint uh, Dr. Strickville, Russ Alyssa Runner, and David Eagle to the Parks, Recreation, Natural Resources Board. I'll second that. Any further discussion? We want to go ahead and call a vote, Jane. Perry? Yes. Mailer? Yes. Brenny? Yes. Bruning? Yes. Uh, item 6B, consideration of appointing Missy Brown as chaplain for the police department. Probably be Missy Erickson. Mm -hmm. Yep. Okay. Missy what? Erickson? Erickson. Yeah. E-R-I-C-K-S-O-N. Missy's already um, a chaplain for the sheriff's office, so she already has the training necessarily to be long part of a police agency and stuff like that. She's not a police officer. She's more of an open-door policy to provide support to law enforcement, um, help with community relations, crisis intervention if we need her, if there's death notifications and we need help being able to perform those, she would be available to help us. And really, she just helps with the general overall well-being of the police department. She's a little bit of an option and a resource to us that if we need help or somebody for counseling, she's available. She has done a couple ride-alongs with me. She already has the training necessary to know that what she can do when on a call with us and what she cannot do. She... Let's say for a traffic stop, she's very situationally aware around me as I conduct it. She's very, she watches everybody like a hawk if she's with one of us. She very much has our backs. I personally think that would be useful to have a police chaplain available to us. She would also be able to probably have an open door policy. I can't make any promises for her, but she's available to anybody that would, that would need it. It's not something that's mandatory for officers to talk to her or anything. It's just an extra resource that if somebody needs something, she's there. I personally you had her help me in some of my own personal family stuff. My sister needed counseling once. She was looking at me, and I couldn't provide that kind of stuff for her, and I just called Missy because I knew that she would help me, and that was before she even asked to become a police chaplain for us. She's always been interested. I was kind of surprised that nobody had ever brought it up or wanted her to be our police chaplain, but I asked for it. And the chief said, that sounds like a good idea. So she's rode with John and she's rode with me. Good. The, the one thing that I would, you know, I, I just hit me, I should have, but I'd, I'd have to ask John to talk to the sheriff, but um, if she goes on calls and something happens. There's a policy that can be written up and put into place with our SOP um, to delineate what her duties are and what she can do, and then that way she would be covered. Well, that's what I need to make yeah. sure, because she'd, she'd fall under ICAP's coverage. Yeah, and I believe she already does ICAP training. She does quite a bit of training. She goes to different seminars for police chaplain and stuff. Mm -hmm. Very involved with that kind of stuff. She's very enthusiastic that she wants to be there for law enforcement and any first responders that need her. <clears throat> any consideration of a backup if she's out of town or unavailable? I haven't considered that or anything. Sure. Um, she would probably be our... She's the only one in the county, isn't she? That's like a certified... Yeah, she's the only one that's certified. 
we would be inheriting somebody that's already certified to be able to do law enforcement chaplain work and first responder chaplain work. I mean, unfortunately, I think it's a great thing. Mm -hmm. I mean, the, the way that the United Methodist denomination works, which is what she's affiliated with, mm -hmm. she's been here several years. I mean, it's not, it's not like an appointment for life. So, I mean, it, mm -hmm. um, is this, I guess, are we creating the position of the police chaplain and then appointing her to it? Or are we just appointing her to this and if there's not one available, it would remain open? Pretty much that. We're more just creating the policy that says that if we have a police chaplain, one is available, but if we don't have somebody to be able to do it, we don't have one. It's not something that's going to be mandatory, but she's shown interest and she would like to do that with us. I would move to uh, appoint Pastor Missy Erickson as chaplain for the police department, effective uh, an effective date of when we do have the operating policy in place. I'll second it. And, and I, I would just say to her, I, we appreciate her coming forward in <coughs> capacity in a lot of situations I'm sure you run into that need to fuse. So yeah. I think she'll be a real asset and tell her thank you very much for her service going forward. I think she's kind of hooked up to the county fire departments too. Because she come to one of our county meetings and said that she would be there for anybody. So she's in the fire departments too. So mm -hmm. she's really, she's first responder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Curtis, is this like a um, what's her role when she goes on ride-alongs? Is she like there for people that are maybe a mental illness call? She can be, she can provide those services. Um, she's to to people that you encounter. Yeah, if needed, if needed. Um, the other thing that she does is that it also gives her an understanding of what our day-to-day duties are, she can, I don't know how exactly to explain that very well. She can kind of be an extra set of eyes for us without being completely involved in the call, kind of like for a traffic stop and everything like that. I don't want her out of the vehicle with me. She needs to stay in the vehicle. But if something were to happen, she could get on the radio very easily if she needed to take preventative maneuvers to let law, other law enforcement agencies know or call the comm center or something like that, she can definitely do that. That's where a policy would definitely come into place that would delineate what her duties are and what they are not. I know that it's been a discussion that we, John's made mention of, of getting in contact with the sheriff's office because what their policy is, we'll probably copy that really closely. So, last few years since since the uh, Black Lives Matter movement started up and people have been having this discussion, mm -hmm. she's not going to end up being a person that is between you, the police, and the and the person that might be having a mental health issue? No, she's just a, she's a support. She's a support because she has that mental health training and stuff like that, but if something was to happen or go south, we would... So the police would still be the first contact? Yep, yep. yep. Just like um, how we do our... MCAT response stuff, our mobile crisis unit and stuff, 
we make contact with somebody first that's having a mental health issue, and if they need further support that we cannot provide or need mental health support that's not warranting, you know, we need to go to the hospital or something, but somebody just needs extra support, life's overwhelming, she would be possibly able to to help us with something like that. Gotcha. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Anything else? Jamie, you want to go ahead and call for a vote? Miller? Yes. Brenny? Yes. Bruning? Yes. Perry? Yes. Uh, we'll move on to item number seven, council four. Uh, first thing I was just going to mention, so on the uh, deconstruction of the Sunwise building, uh, step one on that is we have to get the asbestos abatement completed. The quote on that, I believe, is like 5275 somewhere in there. Um, there's a form I have to get filled out and get approved by DNR, I believe, prior to uh, scheduling the asbestos removal. Um, he says once he can complete that, I don't know how long it takes the DNR to approve the form, um, but once they approve it, the indication is one or two days to get to asbestos because there's not a lot in there. Um, and then um, pretty quickly after that, um, we can start the deconstruction phase with uh, uh, Jeff Orchis. So <clears throat> hopefully, I'm hoping by like August or September sometime frame, we can get started on the deconstruction, depending on on uh, how fast the state moves on their end. Uh, but the contract signed, I've read through it. Uh, you know, I'm just trying to follow their all their guidelines, so we make sure we uh, do it correctly and, and to their satisfaction. Um, the other things, I just thought I I may before, before we move on from the sunrise. Sunwise is kind of the fourth wall that is hiding the things behind it. I mean, there's a fence around some of it. Are there, what are the plans for the property that will be going on further north? Because, I mean, right right now we've got fences that kind of obliterate that. And if Sunwise is down, you're going to have a view straight into this area. Yeah, it's a, if the... Uh Council asks us to have that abated, and we'll do what we're told. I mean, it was, we spent 15 years of our lives, or whatever it is, trying to get rid of the Sunrise Building. And, and I believe that property's indicated that they, they wanted to get that fixed, but um, I'll believe it when I see it, so. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm just, I mean, I'm, I'm not trying to yeah, individually right. pick on yeah. anybody else, but it's like we, we'll get we get this whole area cleaned up and then suddenly it's, nice and suddenly it's a gateway to something that may not look quite right. as nice and that would be I think as we're doing this we should come up with a plan that also how do we deal with either alleviating or ameliorating the issue of what's Continuing on that's that's a big enough area that I I really think that'd be a good opportunity for the council to come in, and we can put this as an agenda item uh, when we start the deconstruction phase, but to come in and say we need to determine exactly what constitutes that being abated, um, how many days do we want it to be abated in, and what action are we going to take if it doesn't if it fails to be abated. 
and uh, I think it'd be good for the the council to put that on their shoulders instead of planning and zoning commission or whoever, because you got a lot more teeth into enforcement than. So, sorry to to be the one going there, but I mean, it's, I hate I hate to say, oh look, we've got this cool. Uh, we got this. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, I I think the sooner we start on on that, and that the individual that owns the property to the north there, as soon as he becomes aware of it, hopefully that that might spur some action. That, like like you say, Cruz. I'll, I'll believe it when I see it. But I was saying it's cool. But yeah, I mean, I think, but I mean, and we all have a different idea of what clean and neat is. I think when we drive by there, that we have a, uh, an idea what clean and neat is, and I don't think that most people's eyes would qualify. The other couple items I have, this one. What I just gave you was, it's, um, this is for information, just for you guys, I, I found it interesting. It's, uh, this is what, this is one of the uh, sessions we'll, we'll be going through at my uh, summer conference training. Um, but it's, it, it's, the, the main discussion is going to be going over the impacts of COVID and the, the recovery in Iowa and the United States as a whole, as far as the economy goes. Um, and a lot of these charts were just uh, interesting charts showing how, um, like the first one, I, if you actually, you know, the you can see where inflation is going up quite a bit right now, um, but it was almost 15 percent back in the 70s. Um, but there's several. It just gives you kind of this um, uh, some thoughts that you can make for you know for yourself on what your opinion on is on, on why. The Iowa economy is the way it is, um, and then at the end there is a couple um, the the wage growth items in the back shows kind of the average wages in Iowa compared to the U.S. and uh, some larger cities within Iowa. Um, there was one one in here that was kind of an interesting graph that shows the gap between. Um, it's the pandemic labor shortfall for uh, labor force shortfall. It, we're 3.4 million people short in the labor force, um, and typically the gap between um, the projected labor needs in the current labor force was met by immigration, and um, immigration is no longer meeting those needs. So I just give those out. It's just some interesting facts and statistics. Um, On the third page, what is the Y O Y? Must be good. year after year, I think, or year over year. Okay. And then the other item is. Um, the um, one of the items we met with the Main Street America about, they suggested that we look at uh, potentially um, creating an ordinance that uh, 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 creates a fee to have a vacant a vacant building within a district. 
big a building ordinance. Um, this one, as I have written here, and it's it's modeled after uh, City Lamar's. Um, keeps it second line, yeah. Keeps mm -hmm. it um, put into the commercial one and two district. And my thinking on that was just we don't want to bite off more than we can chew initially. Um, but my suggestion on this is uh, what I'm what I'm wanting to do is probably in August sometime we'll do a council work session and. Uh, I'm handing this out now so you can read through it and mark it up however you, for any ideas you'd have because it's, you know, we need to make this our own. Um, and two, at that work session, we'd also go through, we're, we're going through the recodification process right now. Um, <clears throat> I've got a list of items, a punch list of items um, from the codification company that need to be addressed and I need the council's opinion on on how you want it addressed, and we can uh, kind of mark this up during a uh, work session and um, get it sent back to the uh, codification people to, to move on. So a work session would probably address this as well as some other codification issues. Um, and my thought process on this as well is on the vacant, build, vacant building ordinance process, is it's, it's eventually going to go to the Planning and Zoning Commission for their suggestions and review as well. But I think it would be good on the Planning and Zoning Commission's um, behalf for you guys to know exactly what the council wants, too. So you can see what the council wants, then give uh, your uh, PNZ's recommendations of improvements, um, meet something in between there, then bring it for for approval. So once we could mark this up at a, at a work session, uh, we'd probably just introduce it at a following council meeting and then refer it to the Planning and Zoning Commission for them to mark up and then bring it back to the council. Um, we want to do our due diligence on this because we know it's going to be somewhat controversial. So I, I'm assuming. I don't really refer it back. Kurtz is the uh, <clears throat> slightly different topic, but the same, you know, same neighborhood. Is is are sidewalks on the punch list? Sidewalks are you guys are working on that, right? We are working on that. So we just need to come up with. Uh, that's a good idea, though. We can we can discuss that at a work session as well as if there's any ideas that the council has. Then well, nobody has no. ever objected to the. Um, to the uh, uh, guideline that we've been given from whatever town that was, that uh, rated sidewalks. You know, that was Des Moines. That was Des Moines. I don't think we're going to improve on Des Moines code that way. No, they have full-time people just write zoning ordinances. So. so, I mean, I feel like, do we just, at our next meeting, adopt mm -hmm. that and send it to you? Recommended for adoption to send it to you. So yeah, you I mean, what I'd like to see is the map broke out into zip, the zones. And once we can do that, we'll take a map, have uh, Region 12 make it look nice, and uh, adopt that zone, that map for the, the Something zones. Something better than the one I drew with the little Yeah. So, with the, if you haven't seen it, the, like Des Moines breaks their city up into, I don't know, nine zones or something like that. And uh, 
each each zone, each year they focus on that one zone, and their focus is to get all the sidewalks up to code within that zone, and then the following year they move to the next one. So it's on a rotating basis. So after you know, if you had ten zones after ten years, you'll repeat and go back to zone one again, and then just it keeps circling every ten years. We wouldn't need ten zones. I'm thinking, I don't know how many. I mean, we can discuss that. But. Yeah, just how many, how many people we want to fight every year. Yeah, that's big. That's I think we should do it in forty pay. zones, but okay. <laughs> but uh, sidewalks are always an interesting. Uh, good discussion as well. So, with only in, only in odd numbered years, or even numbered years. Sorry. I know Cherokee had an ordinance like that. If they went around and marked the ones that needed to be replaced, you had a chance to do it yourself, or the city would do it, and they put it on your taxes. And a lot of them chose to do it on their own because it was cheaper. You put it on taxes, you're going to have your wages and your men doing it. And I know that's what they do in Cherokee. They go around and mark the bad ones, and they've got so long to replace it. Mm -hmm. And in Wall Lake, they've got a program uh, where they have a revolving loan fund for people to take out no interest loans to fix their sidewalks. If they can't afford it right now, within the time frame of when they've got to fix it. And we've got it all. Stuff like it, Curtis, it defines out what is the problem. Mm -hmm. If there's heaving that's caused tripping hazards, correct, sidewalks, whatever. It defines it specifically so everyone knows. No, it's just not me yeah. saying this, it's in code that says yeah. this is an issue. So. And then it's not just you have to replace your sidewalk, we can say specifically. Yeah, it yeah. kind of takes the discretion out of it and just says if it's this, then and I think the other thing we need to be really cognizant of is getting it so that we have the cutaway curb so that it is accessible. I mean, the sidewalk might be great, but if you've got a, you've got a curb step up, maybe you need to replace the end four feet of it and do that. Well, I, is that already in code? Isn't that already a thing where if you were if you're replacing a uh, it's, it's there if you replace it, but I guess what I'm saying is maybe it's time to be proactive and say, all right, we want to actually be a navigable city for people who may have challenges. And so we, even though this may not be replaced, you may not need to replace this four feet, but you would do so so we can get people on the side. What you're talking about is handicap accessible, basically. Yeah, wheelchairs and stuff. Yeah, where they can't step up. Yeah. I mean, we've gotten that done downtown, which is great. But going around the rest of town, there are a lot of challenges. Well, another big challenge you guys might want to start thinking about as we go into this is uh, our sidewalks that don't exist right now and our sidewalks to nowhere. People, there's this, you know, historically, the city has allowed people to remove sidewalks that were spurs or whatever you want to call them, you know, that just ended somewhere. I went by Austin's house, and it's, it's a sidewalk in LA. Is it really? Yeah, it ends in front of um, 
um, used to be McDonald's property there. I think it ends right there. It doesn't go all the way to the end. Really? Sure. I don't think so. Is that that? Oh, no, because Marchesky doesn't have one in this yard. You're right. Huh. And the Catholic and side doesn't either. Uh -uh. In places like that, like Kishwood. Huh. Where's that at? Uh, 12th Street. Oh, yeah. We've got a lot of very small properties in town where, if we do, if we do a sidewalk at the classic uh, number of feet from the center of the street, it's going to be like going by the front steps. Or there isn't enough room, or there just straight up isn't enough room on the side of the road to make a, a sidewalk unless you build some sort of berm situation. So we've got a lot of challenges like that when it comes to turning our town into like Oldwell, for instance, who has perfect sidewalks in front of all the properties all the way through town. Well, I think, I think step one is just getting those sidewalks that are in bad shape now fixed. Sure. And then step two is get expanding upon that. Well, we, we're all aware of that, too. That's what we're, that's what we're working on, what we're planning to do. But, you know, if... Because you take like Dixon and Dixon don't have any sidewalks. Sure, that's right. You know, and then Aaron Street don't have sidewalks. And Aaron Street is one that uh, we are kind of working on to get sidewalks because of the housing. So, so as you guys are thinking about that, then Aaron's that's a good example. Both sides of the street, just do it on the one side of the street. I mean, it would be both sides if we're being fair, right? So we got, you know, we've got some some challenges where that people aren't going to like very much to look at. I guess, like Jamie says, we need to fix the bad ones first, then step on up to this non-existing ones. Then after that, I'm curious about the water hole. Did they? I don't really know. You just you go look at a Google map of them, and it's like, wow, look at that. <laughs> it might not be perfectly perfect through the whole town, but it's really not a bad example of people that kept it up. Now, whether they're good sidewalks or not, I don't know, but they exist. Okay. Have you just thought about doing a replacing of the south street there, right by from his rental houses? That intersection is really bad. Oh, you mean the, the road itself? Yes. Yeah, that intersection. Yeah. It's getting worse. Fifth and Bowery. Fifth and Bowery. Fifth and Bowery. Yeah. yeah. It's horrible. I've, I've thought about that myself, but then it's right by my house, and then people tend to think that I'm doing it just for myself. <laughs> well, you're, well just, you're getting blamed for that. I'm and I don't have I've been delivering meals on wheels this last couple yeah, of years. Yeah, it's, it's rough. It's atrocious. When they did that sewer system down there, they come up through that intersection, they, they eliminated all that, you know, when they did that mm -hmm. come down through there. But it's bad. It is getting bad right through that intersection. Well, and there's still the potential... Um, there's some uh, funds left over from the, uh, not funds left over, but uh, potential funds with the uh, loan we did with the fire department. We left uh, some opening there, and part of the discussion was still going up um, Platt Street, fixing that. And so maybe you could get this mm -hmm. section in there as well. Yeah, Platt Street is bad street, too. I will say we've <laughs> probably fixed more road in the last five years than they have in 
that times five. Patching it, you mean? Patching or replacing. We've totally replayed, uh, uh, repaved uh, the Gishwiller going out of town. Um, Audubon Street's been replaced. The intersection of Fifth and has been replaced. The concrete sections up on um, South Ninth Street have been patched, but it's really smoothed it out nicely, I think. Mm -hmm. um, Patch Yeah. Street. Uh, we fixed the intersection right there. Not docks, but the one next to it that goes to the golf course. That intersection was fixed. The intersection on Gishweller and Your Street is on the schedule for this year, I believe. Um, and then the intersection there on Gishweller and by the uh, swimming pool, both of those actual intersections are on the scheduled, I think, this year to be fixed. So, what is it? Yeah, that's a lot of the big issues, is the intersections. Yeah. Eleventh and twelfth. Yeah. yeah. Ninth Street's pretty rough yeah, too. Ninth Street, Street. Street. Well, that's one they just. Ninth and, and Gishore. You've done that here. Yeah, and and Ninth Street's the difficult one. It's uh, Ninth and Platt. The section that's yeah. the section on Ninth that is uh, asphalted is difficult to and deal with. And that's what it is. It's asphalted. There. Um, it's either needs to be a total replacement of concrete, or you have to build the curbs up. And um, to get get the curbs built up, we're looking at it's at least in the next year, and if not past that, because Richie I think is getting ready to retire, and then you know there's just not a lot of concrete guys around to do that at a yeah. reasonable price. So, um, but Ninth Street's on the the radar. But my goal is to do something each year. Some type of street repair each year, somewhere. Yeah. Totally different topic, but the fireworks fleet didn't keep me awake, but the phone calls and text messages from unhappy people about them certainly did. And I mean, I know what the police. I I tried to explain time and time again. They have to see them, set them off. We went to a lot of fireworks calls this year, actually. I didn't get one phone call. I didn't either, but I noticed there was some set off last night. I had three non-stop last I did hear a couple last night. Yeah, yeah there were yeah. about It was up there by the south of the middle no, school. No, mine was earlier that I heard. But yeah, that's when they fire off, and there's no way you'll ever find them. Yeah. yeah. This is fired off once or twice. Mm -hmm. Yep. But Gosh, we had... I know going through that weekend, the guys went on quite a... Quite a few of them, and some people, um, especially for the hours on like Friday night, I know they started trying to close, um, shut people down from setting off fireworks and stuff, starting at 10 o'clock because that's when it was supposed to end it on Friday night. I know we have quite a few calls that, yeah, they tried this <clears throat> this holiday weekend. They really well, were trying to stay on top of it. I'm not. I'm not criticizing. I'm just saying that I know that. There were a few, there were more than a few unhappy campers. Yeah. And you're going to have some you're of them. You're going to have them no matter what. Yeah. No, I understand that. I'm just, I'm just. You just, have them at high noon and you have complainers. You just, you know, I, I watched them. I sat in my easy chair and looked out the patio door and seen them all. Best fireworks I ever went to. <laughs> I mean, I, I get it. And, and for people who may have 
a lot of noise sensitivity and that kind of stuff, it yeah. can be a real problem. Oh yeah. Um, you're you're ex-military, you know, that been <clears throat> over in Kuwait and Afghanistan and stuff like that. But I mean I just you know, I mean I'm not saying I have a solution and my question was always, you know, what would what can we do about it? Well, mm -hmm. enforce the law that you've got. Okay, that's, you know, we're trying. So we can't have 60 police officers on here. Yeah, sure, I was going to complain to guards, too. Right. No, I get it. I just, but I just was sharing that, you know, there was some concern there. And anything else? They're not being done. I'll make a motion to adjourn. <coughs> Second. Call for vote, Jay. Bruning? Yes. Perry? Yes. Mailer? Yes. Rennie? Yes.